The Joy of M Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Inside of midfield. Here's Cam on the fake, right up the middle, breaks a tackle at the 40, stays on his feet, 35-30, 25-20. Peterson, the one man to beat at the five, he is in! Welcome to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool, Patio, and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, as we get ready for another exciting matchup this weekend in the SEC. Auburn and the LSU. You just heard that audio from Rod Bramlett making his call when Cam Newton had that historic Heisman moment, as they call it, back in 2010 against LSU, outrunning Patrick Peterson. I mean, what... A run. I think that was the moment where everyone outside of Auburn in this part of the country uh, got a chance to really see what Cam Newton was really about. If they didn't know before then, that play definitely told the story. So this is a game that's it's always a super exciting rivalry. I mean, anytime these two teams get together, you expect some kind of classic of some kind of crazy occurrence to happen in the game um the tigers auburn tigers are looking to end a three-game skid uh they haven't really fared too well in the series in the last seven eight years so we'll see if the auburn tigers can turn things around in this year 2020 now between these two schools 10 of the last 15 games in this series have been decided by 7 points or less, including the last 4, which were decided by a total of 13 points. So that lets you know right there, whenever these two schools, these two teams get on the field together, it's going to be a classic battle from start to finish. And I believe this weekend will be just the same. Now, The previous weeks, whenever we've had an SEC feature, I would get a fan perspective from each school, get their thoughts on the upcoming game. Well, this week, I decided to get a take from someone who really knows what this game is all about. You're about to hear from former Auburn wide receiver Justin Fetzko. He's originally from Pensacola, Florida, currently resides in Dalton, Alabama. Here's what Justin had to say about his time on the Plains and the upcoming game between Auburn and LSU. Justin, welcome to the Sweet Spot, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you on, man. You've uh, been in the back of my mind for a while as someone I've wanted to have on as a guest on the show, so I'm super ecstatic to have you on the Sweet Spot. Now, Justin, man, we all love our college football, especially down here in the South. I mean, the traditions, oh, yeah. the atmosphere, cheering for our teams – but what is something fans don't understand about the grind of being a student athlete at the college level? Ooh, um, yeah, the, the, the time commitment. Um, you know, when I talk to uh, kids these days that, that are uh, uh, thinking about playing uh, college football or, or certainly walking on like I did, uh, that's the biggest thing that I try and, and make sure that they understand is uh, the time commitment and, and how disciplined you have to be uh, with your time. Um, managing your, your studies. Um, you know, there's not a lot of uh, downtime and free time. Uh, you know, most folks, when you think about your, your, your college experience, uh, I know for a lot of folks, it's a, it's a time of, uh, you know, kind of enjoying life and, and, uh, and having fun. And, and, uh, and not that, that, it, that if my experience wasn't fun, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
but my uh, my fun was was uh, probably a little different than, than most uh, college folks in that uh, you know I wasn't out at, at parties and and uh, doing things that a lot of a lot of my peers were doing because uh, quite frankly there just wasn't time to do that uh, by the time you you get finished with class uh, practice workouts meetings uh, studying uh, about all you had time to do was eat and, and go to bed and wake up and do it all again the next day uh, but it was certainly worth it I wouldn't wouldn't trade it uh, wouldn't trade a minute of it now you talked about being a walk-on uh, for the Auburn Tiger football program speak on that process and how you became a member of the Auburn Tiger football family yeah, so I, I, I grew up a big Florida State fan. I'm from Pensacola, and uh, my grandfather was actually the first quarterback at, at Florida State back in 1947. Uh, so we, my brothers and I grew up big Florida State fans, uh, going to all the home games in Tallahassee for years and years. Uh, and when it came, when I, when I, uh, I guess it was about a, a junior in high school, uh, my high school coach, um, his daughter was at Auburn, and she was a, a Tigerette uh, at the time, kind of a, a recruiting host. And he took uh, several of us to, to a couple Auburn games, and I just really fell in love with Auburn and the campus and, and, uh, and, and the, the school. And, um, you know, compared to, uh, to Tallahassee, it was, uh, it was just, to me, it was night and day different, um, uh, the, the towns. Um, in 1999, Florida State won a national championship. And in 1999, Auburn, uh, that was Coach Tuberville's first year, uh, they were coming off of about a three and eight season, I think it was, um, and, and so a lot of uh, transition and turmoil. And uh, I figured I had a much better chance of, of walking on and making it at Auburn at that time than I did at Florida State. Uh, so the the, the walk on process, uh, my my high school coach was able to uh, set up a um, a tryout. Uh, I wasn't the only one. There was probably 15, 20 guys that, that tried out. Uh, now back then Auburn was still in the quarter system, so we didn't actually try out till about the third week of the season. It was it was uh, probably mid September, uh, and if I remember right, it was the the week of, uh, of the Auburn Tennessee game uh, before I actually got out to practice. Uh, but uh, walked on uh, or had the tryout and, and you know was invited out. Uh, and that first fall, the fall of '99, uh, was just you know scout team um, kind of doing whatever they asked me to do. Um, and then certainly uh, workouts, you know, we had 5.30 workouts every morning. Um, I had a, a seven, 7 o'clock calculus class that first quarter as well. Mm. So that, that, that was interesting, going straight from workouts to calculus yeah. before I could even get back to get breakfast. Um, but, uh, again, certainly, certainly was worth it. Uh, that first spring uh, of 2000 uh, for me, I had a, had a good spring. Uh, we were really um, – really low on, on receivers, uh, especially uh, receiver talent. Uh, so I, I was able to, um, I guess, turn a few heads uh, that spring, um, had a good A-day game, and then uh, going through that summer, uh, was looking to, to get some, some playing time. And then the first day of, of two-a-days, I tore the meniscus in my knee, mm. ended up having a knee scope, uh, and, and, uh, and rehabbing uh, – you know, after I'd had surgery, uh, one of our, our coach, our special team coach, Coach Grand at the time, uh, Coach Grand's now at Kentucky as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he asked me if I had ever held on extra points and field goals, which I, I had <clears throat> in high school. Uh, and so 
I was actually not even really back at practice yet after my knee surgery, but I started holding uh, and, and did it from that day forward for the next four years. So that was a way for me to, to, to get on the field and travel and, uh, and contribute, even though I, I wasn't really back to, to uh, full, full speed as a receiver yet. Um, you know, one of my uh, most vivid memories um, was our first trip to LSU, you know, in 99, uh, Auburn, which I, if I'm not mistaken, that's the last time Auburn's beat LSU <laughs> down in Baton Rouge, which yeah, is yeah, uh, you're sad right. to say. But uh, <laughs> I wasn't on that trip. Uh, I, I was I had walked on and, and, and remember, you know, watching the game and, and then hearing about the them smoking cigars on the field after after the game. And <clears throat> that was something that didn't sit too well with the, uh, the folks down in, in Baton Rouge because we went down uh, in 2001. And uh, I'll never forget it. We're, we're driving uh, or riding in on, uh, on the buses to the stadium. And, and, and you know, that's, that's a, uh, an electric atmosphere uh, to begin with. But when you, when you combine the fact that, that uh, the last time they were down there, uh, they had, had smoked those cigars, uh, they were, they were, <laughs> were uh, uh, a little excited, uh, we'll say, to, to, to have us <laughs> come to town. I, re- I can remember seeing this lady, uh, uh, somebody's grandmother. I mean, she had to be in her, in her 70s. And uh, she, she, along with several other folks, uh, were throwing uh, beer cans at the bus uh, and kind of giving us the, the finger. Um, and I, I don't know, I just happened to, to make eye contact with her. And it was, it was something that I, that I can still see in my mind to this day. Mm. And, and I knew then that, hey, we were, we were in for, uh, for something here. And, yeah. But <clears throat> Baton Rouge was, a, was an experience. Um, phenomenal uh, atmosphere, just a, a great place. I tell folks all the time, if you've never been to a, a game in Baton Rouge, you ought to go. Now, you might ought to disguise yourself as an LSU fan just to, uh, for your safety. <laughs> but it's, it's a neat place to, to experience a college football game and definitely the loudest stadium I ever played in. It was, it was unbelievable. Uh, you couldn't even hear yourself think uh, it would get so loud in there. Uh, but both of my trips to, to LSU uh, in 2001 and 2003, we, we obviously lost. Um, if I remember right, in 2001, we were scheduled to play uh, LSU uh, the week of 9-11. Uh, obviously, that game was, was postponed until later in the season. Um, but, yeah, that, that was, a, uh, was always a, a great game. I think we won both games uh, in Auburn, both in 2000 and 2002. Um, but always uh, phenomenal athletes. Uh, one, one of my most uh, vivid memories in the game uh, with LSU, I was on our, our punt return team, and we had a we had a punt block that we put in that week uh, where I was going to typically would be an outside rusher on our punt return team, our punt block team, <clears throat> and uh, we we put in a, a, a rush where I would would loop around and, and come up the middle, uh, and we'd actually I think brought two guys in the in the a gap, uh, blitzing up the, you know trying to, to block the punt up the middle. And uh, LSU had a linebacker, uh, uh, Brady James. Yeah. Uh, he ended up playing uh, with the Cowboys for a number of years. Mm-hmm. I think he was drafted by the Cowboys, and I'm not sure if he played with, with somebody else. But uh, anyhow, he, he was probably, I don't know, this, you know, typical SEC linebacker, you know, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and probably went about 240. And I, I had a, we, we, you know, we run this, this, uh, this punt block, and I had a you know, full head of steam, good seven, eight-yard head start, and he's just sitting as the personal protector, uh, you know, flat-footed. And, you know, here I come at 170 pounds, and, <laughs> and, and he didn't take a step, and he just kind of shot his hands and jacked me up, and that my feet almost came off the ground. Uh, and, yeah, I, I knew then that, that I was uh, in over my head, but 
again, a lot of fun and, and I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't trade my experience for, for anything in the world. Now, Justin, man, you, you talked about LSU, and we know this is a huge rivalry between these two schools, but give me your top three rivals as a former Tiger. All right, so, yeah, um, uh, again, having grown up a, a big Florida State fan, uh, Florida was was uh, was a game that I, I looked forward to. Now, we were fortunate enough to, to play all, uh, Florida several times when I was in school there. Um, we uh, – came out on the losing end, uh, I think two of the three times, but in, in 2001, uh, when we beat Florida at home, uh, well, they were ranked number one at the time. Uh, that was, that was a, a, a huge win uh, for us and, and probably my most memorable win, obviously, uh, you know, the iron bowl, uh, I probably didn't appreciate the iron bowl, uh, for what it is. Um, when I was in school there, just cause I, I again, I didn't really grow up an Auburn fan, uh, and didn't fully understand, uh, like I do now, the, the significance of that game. But it was it was obvious um, that that was that was clearly the the game of the year. You know, there was just a different uh, a different uh, vibe, a different uh, atmosphere on campus all week uh, leading up to that game, uh, and then obviously the Georgia game is 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 uh, right there. Uh, maybe not um, uh, to that level of the Iron Bowl, but certainly uh, a close second. Uh, but yeah, uh, for me it was it was the Florida game, but. Uh, I, I think that, that the LSU game uh, certainly has has become that, especially in, you know over the last uh, 15, 20 years, the, mm-hmm. the success that, that, that they've had, and uh, you know there there always seems to be something crazy that, that happens in, in this game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I would say that you know again, given that that Auburn and Florida don't get to play every year, uh, whereas obviously you know we play play LSU year in year out, uh, that that would be up there as well. Now, what would you say is your favorite moment of being an Auburn Tiger, being on the field? Uh, was there one game in particular when you have kind of your moments where you're reminiscing that stands out above the other games? Yeah, um, like I said, probably beating Florida you know, in 2001. Uh, we kicked a field goal. Damon Duvall kicked a field goal. Uh, it was less than a minute, uh, maybe less than 30 seconds. Uh, when he made that field goal and it had had just kind of started to rain a little bit uh and the wind had picked up uh and i, I don't know i don't remember uh, exactly but it was, was somewhere somewhere around a 40-yard field goal uh that he made to, to win it uh and again with, with florida ranked number one at the time spurrier uh, coaching and, and rex grossman uh, was there mm-hmm. their quarterback. Uh, a lot of a lot of nfl guys on that team uh, and really we were, were kind of undermanned uh in that game we had had several uh, key injuries um, that was kind of a, um, a memory that, that certainly sticks out. Uh, I was fortunate enough to, to block a punt, um, against, uh, Louisiana Monroe, uh, my senior year. Uh, yeah, two, right. Well, did you have two yeah, on that one? Yeah. Block, block two that game, and, and, but was able to recover one for a touchdown. So that mm-hmm. was, that was, was memorable. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think probably that, that Florida game. And then, uh, in 2000, we, we beat, uh, Alabama, uh, nine to nothing and that's probably the the, the most cold uh, <laughs> I, I do a lot of deer hunting uh, I've never been as cold uh, as I was that game it was it was about 36 37 degrees and kind of uh, rain and sleep mix uh, all afternoon and into the evening it was just miserable uh, but yeah we kicked three field goals to, to win that game nine to nothing in, in 2000 that, that one certainly uh, sticks out 
You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is a proud business ministry partner with the Joy FM. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Now locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp, Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Phone 334-671-POOL. Denny Vision is a proud supporter of the Joy FM, and their number one priority is patient satisfaction. They strive to provide a positive experience from the moment each person walks into the office. Denny Vision has an optical lab to create lenses on site, along with a selection of designer optical and sunglass frames. They focus on promoting good eye health while assisting patients in having the clearest vision possible. Their doctors help see the difference, which is their slogan. Located at 151 East Main Street in Dothan, online at dennyvision.com or phone 334-793-2633. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Hey, this is Bauer Sharp for the Dothan Wolves. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. The third down and 12 to go with a minute and a half to go. Campbell steps up under the center, now steps back in the shotgun with eight on the play clock. A lot of precious time wasting away. He clears out the backfield. Five wide receivers set on third down. Campbell in the end zone. Caught! Touchdown over! Touchdown over! Touchdown over! Justin Fetzko joining us, former Auburn wide receiver, talking about his time on the Plains. Justin, you mentioned earlier in the conversation that you came in the same time Tommy Tuberville came in, and we all know he's running for office in the state of Alabama. I was a huge Tuberville fan. Like I, When I was a student at Auburn, my first year there was his last year as okay. a coach for the Tigers. So uh, talk about Tommy Tuberville for a little bit. Like, what is, what is he like as a coach and as a person? Yeah, uh, Coach Tuberville, uh, a great guy, uh, a great uh, a leader uh, from a standpoint. Uh, he uh, allowed his, his coordinators to coach. Um, you know, Coach Tuberville came up uh, in coaching as a defensive coach, defensive coordinator. Um, so he was a little more hands-on in practice with the defense, but uh, pretty pretty well stayed out of the out of the his offensive coordinator's way. Uh, now I'm sure you know in, in in team meetings and all that that he had you know some say in as far as what the game plan was, but uh, more or less allowed his offensive staff and, and coaches to to coach. Um, a great motivator, um, Coach Tubbs. You know, especially early on. Uh, you know, a lot of times we. Uh, we were kind of outclassed uh, from a talent standpoint uh, in a lot of games. A lot of games that we won, especially in those first few years, uh, we probably shouldn't have won. Uh, you know, just looking looking at it on paper, uh, but but um, had a had a way of of, uh, of getting guys motivated to play and, and kind of uh, believing 
uh, when maybe we <laughs> shouldn't have, have believed uh, that we could could get a win, and, and we did. Found a way, and and then of course you know his his nickname, the, the Riverboat Gambler. He yeah. wasn't afraid to take some chances here yeah. and there, and, and uh, uh, you know roll the dice a little bit. Uh, but, but Coach Tubbs is, is a uh, great guy. I was fortunate enough to, to see him uh, last last year. He was uh, coming through Dothan, uh, uh, campaigning a little bit, and uh, got to see him the first time I'd seen him in probably uh, I don't know twelve. 13 years, um, and it was uh, it was good to see him. Uh, uh, certainly brought back a lot of memories, and we uh, uh, shared a, uh, a moment there and, and, and talked about a, uh, a few uh, a few memories from uh, when I was in school there. So it was it was good that, uh, and just the fact that he would even remember, you know, uh, you think about all the big time guys and yeah. he's coached through the years, and uh, you know, for him to even even remember, you know, a little walk on. Uh, from 20 years ago, uh, you know, speaks volumes to uh, the impact that, that he had and, and the, the kind of coach that he is. Yeah, man, um, I'm I'm totally with you on this uh, Tuberville man and what he stood for as, as far as Auburn fans and the Auburn family. I mean, like I mentioned, I was a student uh, during his last season there, where we went five and seven. And man, I'll tell you, I'll be honest. I cried when uh, when he wasn't brought back, man, and it just it tore my heart because, you know, with me, I uh, don't really have too many family ties as far as Auburn goes. So I didn't really start following Auburn football until 2002, 2001, 2002. And so okay. Tuberville was all I knew as a head coach uh, as sure. far as Auburn University goes. So, yeah, I was definitely devastated when I got the news that he wasn't coming back for another season with the Tigers. Now, Justin, man uh, – your son, Houston, he's a phenomenal athlete, man. I've seen him on the flag football field a few times. He seems to have some of your moves as well, man. Speak speak about his uh, progression and what about his development makes you proud? Uh, well, uh, he's a he's a, uh, a pretty good little athlete, and, and that's what I uh, have tried to uh, to work at the, the whole time with him is is becoming a good athlete now. Whether that means he wants to, you know, play football and, and be a receiver, or, uh, or or play basketball or baseball, or whatever it is he he wants to do, uh, my thing with him is, has has always been to to try and, and develop into him into an, an athlete to where uh, he can do whatever he wants to do, whatever he decides to do. Uh, certainly, I would would lean towards uh, uh, trying to develop him as a receiver, just because that's what what I know. Uh, but but I would would want him to to do whatever he wants to do, whatever he enjoys doing. Um, he's, he's a pretty good little, little flag football player. Uh, he's going to be like his dad and, and, uh, and be undersized. Uh, so he's going to have to, to be smart. Uh, he'll have to, to, to have good hands and work, work hard and, and probably outwork uh, most folks. Cause, uh, I know for me, I, you know, obviously, you know, size and, and, and the physical attributes weren't there. So you had to kind of make up with some intangibles, but, uh, he's a, he's a good kid. He works hard. Uh, he's pretty smart. Um, and uh, we'll see. Hopefully, he'll he'll continue to uh, to work hard and, and get better. He he enjoys it, and as long as he enjoys it, I'll certainly uh, help him as much as I can and know how. We talked about Tuberville and his impact on the Auburn family. We touched on your son Houston. What about your daughter Emily? What are some of the character traits that you see in her as an athlete? Yeah, Emily's uh, Emily's tough. Uh, <laughs> I kid her all the time and, and tell her that you know if she was a boy she'd be a, a middle linebacker because uh, she yeah she <laughs> she is she is tough she is uh, strong uh, 
she's uh, she's a good athlete in, in her own right. Uh, now she came up uh, doing a lot of dance, uh, which you know there's there's uh, some some pretty good athleticism that's required there as well. Uh, she's mm-hmm. played a few years of softball. She's a uh, plays volleyball now at DPA. Uh, cheers at DPA. Um, yeah, she's a uh, she's a, a good athlete, but but her uh, her mental toughness is is uh, one thing that. Uh, that stands out, and and uh, she's a fierce competitor. She uh, doesn't like to lose, uh, and and Houston's got a lot of that in him as well. So things can get kind of uh, kind of heated here at, at the Fesco House when we have a ping pong match or something like that. Nobody likes to lose. So I'm joined by former Auburn wide receiver Justin Fesco, talking about his time on the plains. A little insight as the household as well. Now, Justin, man, with the Tigers currently sitting at three and two at the halfway point, how would you assess their season so far? Yeah, it's it's been it's been a a roller coaster for sure. Uh, you know, some of these, uh, you know, a couple of the wins have been, uh, you know, there's been some some key plays, some little controversial plays, uh, questionable calls, that kind of thing. Uh, I was hopeful um, that with with Chad Morris coming in, that we'd see some. Uh, a few few things, especially uh, in in the passing game, uh, you know, a little more uh, uh, intermediate routes and, and some some different things, getting the ball to a tight end, getting the ball to a back out of the backfield uh, that we we're, we don't seem to be too uh, uh, adept at doing. Um, you know, clearly we're, we're struggling a little bit up front on both sides of the ball, uh, which I, I think we kind of expected uh, on the defensive side, and then and then really and truly. On the offensive line, you know, replacing as much as we're replacing guys transferring in, mm-hmm. uh, and and then uh, certainly the, the off season the way it was, um, you know, they're, they're they're struggling a little bit up front. And when when you struggle up front on, on either side, but in this case it's on both sides, uh, it, it's it's tough. It's a tough go. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we take for granted a good offensive line, a good defensive line. Uh, it takes a lot of the stress uh, uh, off of a, a secondary on defense and. And certainly takes a lot of the stress off your quarterback and, and allows your skill guys to have a lot of success on offense. Uh, but when when things aren't so good uh, up front, it, uh, it's sometimes not too pretty. And I think I think that's what we're we're seeing this year is uh, it, it's a struggle, it's a grind. Uh, I know those guys are working. I know our coaches are are, are working to try and uh, get things fixed and to, to figure out kind of what we can what we can do well. Um, and hopefully, hopefully this week they'll they'll uh, they'll have some things figured out. You mentioned this week LSU Auburn at two thirty on CBS for the Orange and Blue Tigers to beat the Purple and Gold Tigers. What will it take, and how do you see this game playing out come Saturday? Yeah, kind of kind of a, a difficult game to handicap. Uh, you know, LSU's been been kind of all over the place as well. They you know they looked a lot better last week. Uh, uh, South Carolina, but uh, there have been some games too that have just been head scratchers uh, from them. Uh, you know, I know they, they lost a lot out of the draft. I know they had several key guys opt out this year with COVID, but uh, there's still, you know, a, a lot of talent there. Um, and certainly, you know, some games have, have kind of left you wondering, uh, you know, what's going on there. Uh, I, I, you know, I think the keys for, for us, uh, I mean, it's, it's the same, same things that always is. You know, we got to be able to run the football, and and, and not just uh, uh, run the football. Um, you know, a, a long game, you know, here and there, but but run the ball 
consistently and, and, and effectively on, on, on first down. Uh, and, and at times when, when, when you need to be able to run the ball, uh, we've, we've, we've struggled with that this year. Um, certainly turnovers are always key, especially in, in, a, in a big game like this. Uh, you got to win the turnover battle. Uh, field position will be big. Uh, you know, so, so your special teams certainly come, in, come into play in games like this. Uh, but, you know, I think that if we can, can establish a, you know, a consistent run game, uh, which again, you know, LSU uh, at times this year has, has uh, looked pretty, uh, pretty poor on defense. Um, I think that that'll really take a lot of stress off of, of, of uh, Bo and, uh, and hopefully open up some things in, in the passing game. Now, Justin, uh, you know, you gave me your, your thoughts on the LSU-Auburn matchup. Before I let you go, I got to ask you this, man. Being a former wide receiver, is there a current receiver or somebody that used to play that just kind of, I don't know, uh, gave you that those, those wow moments after watching that person over and over again saying, like, man, this is who I want. Maybe I, you emulated your game after or maybe – teaching Houston, like this is the guy when you're watching a receiver on how to run routes, how to be in and out of his breaks. Uh, was there one of those guys or maybe a couple of those guys that stood out to you? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, you know, obviously uh, uh, Will Hastings. Yeah. Uh, uh, just, just there's some obvious similarities there. Similarities there with he and I uh, uh, size-wise. Now certainly Will's three steps faster than I ever was. Uh, but that, that quickness and, and – uh, uh, you know, his ability to run a route and separate from a guy uh, is certainly something that, uh, you know, when I work with Houston, you know, try and, and, and teach him uh, the importance of, of changing directions uh, and, and creating that separation. You know, you don't have to be necessarily a 4-4 you know, guy uh, to be able to, to get open, um, especially on, on some underneath kind of stuff, which is, you know, what I, I mostly did was uh, playing a slot receiver Um you know, I, I didn't have that that just straight line speed to be able to run by somebody, um, but again, uh, knowing how to run routes uh, and being being quick uh, in and out of your breaks uh, allows you to, to kind of get open even even not being the, the fastest guy on the field. Um, certainly, you know, uh, watching Seth Williams is is a lot of fun right now. The way he goes up and, and, and can get a football, yeah. uh, it's, it's almost like he's never really covered. Uh, even with a guy on him, you, you can still throw him the ball, and uh, that's something that, that certainly. Uh, you know, with any any young receiver, um, you know, teaching teaching guys to high point a football, to, you know, to to go get the football, and just to have that mindset that when the ball's in the air, hey, that's that's my football, I'm going to get it. Uh, you know, regardless of, of how big or, or small you are at receiver, uh, you know, go get the football, that, that's your ball. Uh, and Seth has has certainly done that uh, throughout his career at Auburn, but but a few times here lately, and uh, certainly had a big one. Um, there uh, last week with, with the uh, the touchdown there uh, with Ole Miss. So Auburn's looking to end a three-game skid against LSU. Justin, man, as we close, give me your final prediction. What's the score going to be? Mm. Um, I'm going to take uh, Auburn 31, uh, LSU 20. 31-20, man. I'm going to write that down right now, man. I'm hoping – it, it turns out just as you said, man, and hopefully uh, the orange and blue Auburn Tiger family will be celebrating and come around 5, 30, 6 o'clock on Saturday, man. So I'm definitely looking forward to that game.
You've been listening to former Auburn wide receiver Justin Fetsko to talk about his time on the Plains, what it was like being a student athlete in the upcoming matchup between LSU and Auburn. Justin, I truly appreciate you being in on the sweet spot, man. Tell Abby, Emily, and Houston I said hello, man, and I'll promise you I will definitely have you back on as a guest in the new future. Hey, Corey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you do a great job. Hey, this is Jack Martin for the Troy Trojans. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Care Animal Center is a business ministry partner with the Joy FM. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that's dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is care-animal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan. Phone 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch of Penny Pool Patio and Spa. As we close with today's Triple C segment, Corey's closing comments, and this is what I want to share with you today. When you have an interest, always give it to God first. What you're doing is applying for approval or rejection. Whichever way it comes back to you is final. There is no bargaining with God. You know, sometimes we're wondering how to handle a situation we have. A particular interest in a situation or something that uh, we're looking at in the future and we're seeking God for his guidance how do we handle this is this a yes or a no well first as you're seeking God you have to be willing to hear yes or no you can't pray to God and, and, and ask God that okay this is gonna be a yes make it a yes because that yes may not be in God's perfect will or his plan for your life. So first you want to understand that the answer may be no. And if it's a no, then God knows exactly why that no stands. He may have something better for you. It may not be the right time. Just trust God and know that he has your best interest at heart. He will not let you down. He would not mislead you. He would not misguide you. So whenever you're seeking his guidance in prayer, in communication with him, be willing to hear no. It may be yes, but it may be a no also. So just always remember that when you have an interest, always give it to God first. And as we always say, there's nothing better than to be in in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot on the Joy FM Sports Facebook page.
This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.